The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Welcome to The Takeoff Show. If you want to take off in your career, your finances, and your mindset, then this podcast is for you. Wherever you are in the world, do enjoy the show. Welcome back to The Takeoff. I'm really excited about today's episode. This is a really good friend of mine who's a mortgage and credit score expert. He also teaches financial literacy like myself on various platforms such as Instagram. His reels are fire and he's just all round a great dude. So I thought you'd be the perfect person to help you understand how you can get yourself onto the property ladder if that is something that you are interested in doing and also helping you to set realistic goals. So how you doing, bro? I see that you've been pumping iron in the gym bro, recently. Bro, I'm good. Ah, come on, man, bro. It's either that or go to sleep. You can't sleep all day, so you got to <laughs> But yeah, bro, no, nah, love for having me, man. Love for having me. I've been waiting for you to do this and wanted to be a guest, so yeah. Yeah, I'm happy no worries, no worries, man, no worries. Yeah. Okay, so obviously I did a little bit of an intro for you, but if you want to elaborate a bit more of, you know, who you are, what you do day to day, and also on your side hustle too. Yeah, of course. So um, yeah, my name's Clarence. Secret Talks Money. Um, as Atto mentioned, um, I actually do run a page as Atto said, um, based around financial literacy, um, financial literacy, mainly focusing on mortgages and the credit scoring. I do dabble in other areas here and there, but those are my specialist areas. Um, I was actually a mortgage advisor for four years and I've worked in the financial sector for just about nine and a half years now. So um, at the moment, I work in risk and compliance. So I work in, um, you know, I'm not even going to bore them with the details of what risk and compliance <laughs> is, but I work in risk and compliance, those who know, yeah. know what it is, and yeah, that's me. Alright bro man, that's no, thanks for that explanation. That's a great, great explanation. It's funny that you said that you don't want to bore them with the details. I know what you're saying. Like, yeah. sometimes it's like, you don't want to, like, you can't share your job with you because they feel like it's just going to be like... Listen, if, if you want to know, so go boring. on LinkedIn. You'll find it. <laughs> if you go on LinkedIn, yeah, you're going to find out what, what he does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, no, that was a great summary. So, you know, obviously, I always ask everybody this question. And I, I like to think that my guests like to know this about all of us, like, you know, so what is your worst financial mistake? Hmm. Well, my worst financial mm-hmm. mistake. You know yeah. what? I don't. I don't think I have a particular purchase. But what I would say okay. was, I went through a spell of buying trainers aggressively, really? like ag- aggressively is the best way to explain it. Like literally every week. I could literally be having another box of trainers in my room. And that definitely explains why I have so many trainers now. But when I look back, it's kind of just like, wow, like some of them I've worn like once in the last two, three years. <laughs> like, so it was just, it was just such a mad waste. Like, of course, maybe, maybe I might need them eventually, but there are ones yeah. that I've bought that, now I remember when I was sending some like close to charity and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and my mum was sending some stuff to Nigeria. About five <laughs> to eight boxes of crepes have just gone tonight. 
And these are some of them, bro, some of them are trainers I have not worn, like, they were fresh. Like, if not for the fact that there's a refund policy, I would have literally gone back to the shop and said, oh, God, bring, like, bring my money back because this is a fair, you know? So, like, yeah, like, it's just, um, it was more the spending habit of just buying what I didn't actually need. Was wild, oh, so. man. Yeah, no, you know what? I can definitely relate, man. I've definitely bought. I've bought. I've got Pradas that I've worn twice. And I was like, to myself, I spent what almost two hundred pounds for that. Like, yeah, I've not even made full use of it. You know what I'm true. saying? Like, honestly, oh uh, man, I don't know. I think there's just something about us guys that we just like our trainers. You know, sometimes it's not even about wearing it. Sometimes it's just about looking at it and be like, oh right, yeah, I got those. I got those. Just say to somebody, just yeah, I, I, got you them, I got you have it. Yeah, you know exactly. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> It's just, oh, oh, it's just unnecessary. <laughs> but I guess, I guess with age, when when you adapt mm. and you grow, you kind of just learn that yeah, all of that stuff is is so not necessary at all. Exactly, bro. Exactly, you know? bro. Yeah, like all the materialistic stuff, you just get to a certain point. You're like, what? It's not that important, really. It's not as important as you yeah. as you used to think. So give us a bit of an insight. What the day of the life is for CK. Day in the life of CK. Mm-hmm. Wow, I feel like I'm on MTV. They're calling me around with a camera. Mad. All right, cool. So, day in the life of CK on most days. Um, cool. Wake up. I've taken a choice recently to have a routine mm-hmm. when I wake up. So, I'm okay. tired of just waking up and just rolling out of the bed and just deciding what I'm going to mm-hmm. do. So, these days it's wake up, pray, you know, thank God for another day. Um, Provided that I wake up on time, go to gym. Um, mm-hmm. Like Atto said, if you do follow me, you'll see me doing up gyms, gym in my stories. <laughs> <laughs> you'll see a bit of that as well. And then um, it's literally go to gym, come back and start work. So I start work from about 9, 9.30ish. And then it's just once again me not wanting to bore you with my day. Then it's just me mm-hmm. sort of like transitioning during the day, going from task to task. Mm-hmm going through from meeting to meeting as we do but along as the day goes Mm -hmm. there are little snippets where I might be thinking about right what content could I make so I actually have like a log on my phone on the note section of literally content that I haven't made yet that I want to make so even during the day I might be I might be adding to that list to say oh wow I haven't made anything about this or this new thing has just come up it'd be good if people you know what I mean so I just kind of just be adding and adding after work finishes now if I haven't gone to gym in the morning after work finishes I'll usually go after work but if not then it could be anything from playing FIFA Atto knows me well so I could be playing FIFA. <laughs> yeah, this guy I loves could, FIFA, man. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm a football man, so I'd be playing FIFA. I could be making more content. I could literally just be planning the stuff for the future. Like, it could, it could literally be anything. Spend time with family, friends. So, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. We won't, a, we won't you talk know what, about how the weekends a... are, though, because the weekends are different. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that a different kettle of fish, yeah? Different <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was already. Yeah, yeah bro, right? yeah, bro, yeah, we'll reveal that now. Maybe maybe in the future you can reveal that, reveal the more personal yeah. side to, 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 to the weekend. <laughs> oh my gosh, man. That no, that is that is definitely jokes. Um no, thanks for that that insight. So I'm just wondering, like, at what point like how did you actually get into mortgages? Because now you're not doing that anymore, but how did you actually yeah. get yourself into into the industry? Yeah, of course. Yes, um, it's a very good question, actually. So I actually worked, like I, I briefly touched on, I worked mm. in retail banking, retail and business banking for about three and a half years. So I worked for Metro Bank. And um, mm. while I was there, I was actually still studying my degree at uni while I was at Metro Bank. And mm. I was coming towards my end of my degree. <coughs> sorry. And I just thought to myself, you know what? I've been here for three, the best part of three to three and a half years. Um, what do I want to do? And um, I did speak to my employer at the time, Metro Bank, about the next roles up and roles in head office, but there wasn't really anything that was appealing to me, you know. So I remember I had a, a colleague of mine, we were in the same team, and she just finished her CMAP exam. So um, okay. just not to use jargon, the CMAP exams are the exams that you do um, if you want to be qualified to give mortgage advice, yeah. Okay. Um, so she kind of told me, look, like I've just done these exams, um, I really like the idea of the career path. Maybe you should try it. I think you'd be really good at it. So I just mm-hmm. thought, you know what? 
fine. Let me just try and apply for some jobs. And I ended up getting a role with an organisation who were willing to take me on as a trainee. So when I got this role, I wasn't yet qualified. And this is um, something that I do highlight for people who do want to go into the mortgage industry because you don't actually always need to be qualified to get a role as a mortgage advisor. There are companies okay. out there who may even fund the exams for you. They'll even fund it and give you the training that you need okay. to get you up to scratch as to where you need to be. So then once I joined them, did my CMAT qualifications and mm-hmm. it was it was going from there. Okay, wow. That's that's yeah. that's really interesting. I didn't know that you uh, could be a mortgage advisor without having the qualifications. That's 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 kinda just, interesting just, actually. Just to chime in on that, so you yeah. can't actually give advice. But okay. what a lot of companies will do is they would still hire you, but they'll hire you as like a trainee mortgage advisor. So during okay. during my training mortgage advisor time, I would just shadow another advisor. I might assist okay. in different areas. And as you can imagine, because fair enough, the CMAP is the qualification, but there's a lot of things that you won't learn until you've seen the job done in real time. So okay. a lot of the things that you would see when you're shadowing this advisor before you're allowed to give advice yourself because you're not qualified, when you read the book, you'll be able to kind of join things together and say, oh, okay, I read this in the book. That must be what so and so was doing when they were when they were with the client. Okay. So that's how that kind of works. So they'll hire you as a trainee. You won't be able to give mortgage advice, like because um, mortgage advice is a regulated activity through the FTA. Mm-hmm. So you can't you can't give mortgage advice without being qualified. Yeah, yeah. But you can yeah. still um, you know successfully obtain roles with the scope to then do the qualifications and be qualified. Okay. Okay. That, that yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense actually. Uh, yeah. So it's like it's like getting that training uh, whilst you're obviously studying for your exams, and it's that that's yeah. actually the best of both worlds because you you've got a job, yeah. and then you're getting the on learning experience as well that you can um, exactly with, with that education. That's quite sick. Just to take it back a bit, a little bit, can you like summarize quickly for those that don't know what a mortgage is? Because it's not even something that I learned. I didn't learn it at school or anything like that. I think it was just that one of them terms that just came around, like, okay, you need a mortgage for a house. But can you, yeah. you know, explain what, what that actually is yeah. to the listeners? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So in layman's terms, a mortgage is, 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 is debt. It's a debt that um, you borrow from a bank or a, a financial organisation that is secured against a property. So it's used for the purchase of a property. So... um random example you have a property that you found the property cost a hundred thousand pounds not in london but the property cost <laughs> never <laughs> <laughs> and you have thirty thousand pounds but you need to make up that difference in between the 30 and the 100 so the okay. seventy thousand gap you go to the bank and say look i have a deposit this is the property can you lend me money to buy this house they would say yes um, provided that you meet all the criteria and that is a mortgage that loan the bank gives you to buy the property is what a mortgage is okay okay cool now that's a that's a great explanation because all these terms you know what yeah let me be real they just confuse people it's like all these jargon that's not needed why don't you just say it's just a massive loan do you know what i mean like this why don't it, they yeah. the bank say that they just make these new terms oh mm. credit card Oh, mortgage, oh, car yeah. loan, all of this stuff. And the people are bamboo, yeah. so they don't even understand like what it, what is going on. And it's like, yeah. it gets really, really like um, complicated. Especially with FCA regulation and the FCA handbook, which you'd be familiar with as well. Everything kind of has its own section. So yeah. I feel as if that's why they might need to have a word for everything. Because if everything, mm-hmm. if everything was just a loan, mm-hmm. then it's just a loan and it's just cash but you just remember with something like a mortgage you're yes you're taking out a mortgage loan but Mm -hmm. at the end of that term you're going to own something yeah whereas if you take a loan cash from your bank five grand loan let's Mm -hmm. say you're literally taking money and giving it back at an interest rate so i guess that's probably why they have different terminologies of course with cars as well you have um hp PCP, all these all these words that you hear, but the terminology and the definition that you have is dependent on what the um, idea or what the agreement is that you're making with that car lender. So um, that probably is why, from an from an um, from, from a regulatory perspective, why they probably call it something different. Yeah, 
No, nah, that you yeah. know what? That's a great way to think of it. You get an asset at yeah. the end of it for a mortgage. Yeah. Everything else, not really. Yeah, no, no. I like, exactly. I, I, I like that explanation. Um, so going like a bit deeper into to mortgages because obviously we're trying to get the listeners to understand like what it takes, what they need to know, um, to get their first house, or even if they want to like you know look into property investing. Obviously, the first episode we spoke to Warren about property investing. Um, so why do you think someone should get a mortgage and what are the benefits really of getting a mortgage? Okay, so the, um, I guess immediately the, the the main benefit of getting a mortgage is you're able to buy something that you don't actually have the cash for. So mm-hmm. if someone just hears that statement, that's going to sound like, why are you buying it? <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> it's, it's, it's more so because we know that a property over the years, I think I read something today that said properties haven't stopped increasing in the last 17 years, is what wow. I read in an article yesterday or today. So you're taking wow. out a loan to buy something that is appreciating, something that will, hopefully, if you invest in the right area and you don't do anything silly, will make you money down the line. So I guess that is the biggest advantage of a mortgage especially with where house prices are now, for someone to be able to buy a property cash, even if it's in an area like, I don't know, Birmingham or Manchester, where you're looking at 100, 200K, that is still 100, 200,000 pounds. Yeah. You know what I mean? True Regardless that. of True the fact that. that it's half the price of what it is in London, it's still a lot of money for someone to cough up fully. Um, so I guess it probably comes more down to what people have access to, but... I thought that mortgages are a really good idea. They give you the ability to leverage a loan from another organization to buy something that's going to appreciate, which could then Mm -hmm. make you money down the line once you either sell it or decide Mm -hmm. to let it out. So, yeah, I think that's, I think, I think mortgages, I think that's the main advantage of a mortgage form. And I think mortgages are a good idea. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I completely agree with everything you're saying, man. Especially like the way you have to think of it is, What's the difference between your property appreciating and the mortgage, right? That's how you kind of have to see it. And basically you're gonna exactly. take the difference between between the two. You have to think of it, think of it like that. And when you think of it like that, it's about making money, really. You're gonna hopefully, you know, yeah. make money over the long term because as you know, Clarence said, <laughs> it's more than likely property's gonna go up, man. Everybody needs a house. Yeah. There's never gonna be a time where <laughs> Where people are not going to need a need a property. And the population that only statement, bigger, so. that statement you just made that everybody mm. always needs a house because one question that I'm tired of answering mm. is: Is it a good time to buy? People <laughs> always ask me that question, you know, bro. I'm telling you, yeah. I remember uh... it was 2000, and, and I hope my boy Victor. I'm going to send this to Victor so he can listen to it. He'll remember this. Mm. My boy Victor spoke to me in 2000 mm. and. 18, as he just called me, we're just on the phone, he said to me, oh, CK, like, it's going mad, you need to buy in Barking, buy in Barking, I'm like, Barking? And bear in mind, I'm from West London, <laughs> so I'm like, Barking? First, I don't, I'm thinking, where's that? It's on the other Barking. end for you, bro. He on was like, other yeah, end. I was like, Barking, and Dartford, Dartford, I was like, Barking, Dartford? Well, where's that? <laughs> I remember he showed me the prices. And I remember seeing two bed flats, and they were going for about two, two ten, some two hundred, one ninety. Mm-hmm. A guy, I then fed that back to my friend and said, "Listen, I don't know why, but Victor said go and buy in Barking and go and buy in Dartford." Said, "Cool, ah, oh, but it might not be a good time to buy. I think uh, property prices are going to go down. This, this, that." Uh, two weeks ago, me and the same friend sat down. We looked at Barking. <laughs> if he had bought in Barking when Victor told him to buy, he'll be about forty to fifty grand up on the type on the specification of property he was looking at. In so three years, wow! This is it, That's and this is the thing that I always say. I would say to people, there's, there's, I, I don't think there's such thing as a right time to buy. Of course, mm-hmm. if all property prices went to fifty k tomorrow morning, mm-hmm. that's the right time to buy. Exactly, so, exactly. Now, that's a very extreme example. But in the current mm-hmm. market that we're in, if you have the means to buy a property, mm-hmm. if your life circumstances encourage the fact that you need somewhere to live, i.e. you just got married, i.e. Mm-hmm. your parents are downsizing and you need to find your own place and you're in mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're in a position to buy, 
those are the sort of things that determine whether it's a good time to buy or not. I, I always encourage people to buy according to their life circumstances and not according to all the speculation that you read on, on Google. Because what you don't want to do is, like my friend I just told you about, is miss out on a very simple opportunity to own a property that's going to appreciate all because of a fear of, is it the right time to buy? You know, so... That's that's the one question, and, just, and I'm just putting it out there. If anyone else DMs me that question, I'm not responding. I'm just gonna say it now. <laughs> you heard it here oh. first. If CJ gets that in the DMs, just expect airtime. You're not gonna get that. <laughs> leave, it on, leave it on red. Leave it on red now. Just. Oh my gosh, yeah. You know what? Yeah, that that the. Um, I don't know why people think they can predict what's gonna happen in the future. It's just not on. You can't predict the future. And why? Why do you like? think that you can you know what i'm saying like that's just crazy to me yeah you can try try to but you're trying to predict what billions of people are thinking and are going to do at a certain point in time you're being serious (laughs) are you being serious that of course like you know there are certain people in the world that maybe be able to do that but they're specialists right this is something they do day in day out and most of the times they're lucky anyway as well, so there's there's a, a element of luck that you ought to think about. So yeah, bro, I, yeah. I completely agree with you, man. It's, on that. Man. It's, it, it's just funny to me because you just never know. You know, okay, if you lose that and the, the property value goes down, okay, yeah, that that's not the greatest, yeah. But then maybe it's an opportunity for you to buy more if you got money, right? So yeah, that's the way that's the way I see it. In terms of like first time buyers, there's a few yeah. different types of mortgages out there. First time buyers tackling that first. What type of mortgages are there out there, and what are the differences? Yeah, so in terms of uh, in terms of mortgage types. Yeah, yeah, mortgage types, yeah, 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 yeah for first time cool. buyers, yeah. Yeah, so mortgage types. So of course you have your residentials. You have your mm-hmm. sorry, let me like, let me define. So residential would be a mortgage that you're getting on a property that you plan to live in. So if you're saying, Cool, I'm gonna buy that house, I wanna live there, that's gonna be my um home for me and my family or just myself, that would that's mm-hmm. when you would apply for a residential mortgage. So anyone listening when you hear about 95% mortgages and all this sort of stuff, mm. government schemes, all of these schemes, shared ownership, um, help to buy 95% mortgages, these are all things that come under the scope of residential mortgages. So okay. those the, those who were thinking that, oh, let me just get a shared ownership and rent it out, can't do that. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm telling you, bro, I've heard it all, like, I'm not saying I know anybody that does this, but hmm. people want to take that risk, right? <laughs> I told his friend, if you're listening, if you're listening, I told his friend. Oh, gosh. I'm telling you. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, people get a big caught in it with that. Oh, bro, it's not, even, it's not even worth it. But um, that's residential. And of course, you have the buy to let, the popular buy to let. The second most popular question on my Instagram is probably, oh, I want to buy a property and rent it out. What do I need to do? Mm-hmm. And is that possible? Yes. Is it um, po- is it popular? No, because not everyone mm-hmm. meets the criteria. So I did a yeah. I did a post recently about um, first time buyer buy to lets, and I was explaining to people that mm-hmm. even for a even for a buy to let landlord who is mm-hmm. already an owner occupier, and in mortgage terms, mm-hmm. an owner occupier is someone who already owns and lives in the property that they own. Okay. They still have to put down twenty five percent deposit. In some circumstances, there are some lenders that do allow fifteen percent. But even those lenders, I don't even think they're doing it anymore because even when they were doing it, the the, the rate is so unattractive that you would probably rather not do it anyway. If I'm being completely honest with you, so that's the sort of deposit size you're looking at. When it comes to first-time buyer buy to let you're usually looking at deposits of maybe, well, initially they used to be about 30. What I'm being told is that they're 25 to 35% deposit is what you're looking at. And on top of that... Did you say 25 to 35 for first-time buyers? 25 to 35 for first-time buyer buy to let yeah. What? That's if you're... Okay, buy to let buy to let okay. Yeah, first-time buyer, yeah. So that's if you're a first-time buyer and you've yeah. never ever own the property this is this okay. bachelor is your first and if okay. i'm being brutally honest with you the way that they would look at criteria for someone who owns a property already and someone who mm-hmm. doesn't is different 
it's a lot more harsh for the first time buyer buyer the first the person who's never owned because they have nothing to, 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 to sort of judge your ability to pay the mortgage back based on so they're looking yeah. at you as higher risk you're first okay. you're not just a first-time buyer you're also now a first-time landlord so there's a higher level of risk attached to your application so when they look at your application whereas with a normal buy to let they'll base the application on the rental income of the property and mm-hmm. the loan amount that you're asking for with these sort of applications they're also looking at your income as well so as a first-time okay. buyer and first-time landlord they'll be reviewing your income as well so those are the different options that first-time buyers do have um i know we touched on it very briefly Atto, but those who are thinking yeah let me just do five percent deposit and i'll just <laughs> run it out who's gonna know like listen like take it from me don't it's, it's actually not worth it like it's, it's the, the repercussions are not worth the two three hundred pound profit you're gonna make every month from renting it out trust me so wow, if your plan wow. if, if your plan is to if your plan is to rent a property out then you do have mm-hmm. options either a rubber bank can get that 25 <laughs> percent isn't that worse yeah. though isn't that worse yeah, than yeah. risking well <laughs> Back. You gotta balance it out, bro. You gotta balance. You gotta balance. I think the rob, nah, the robbery one is a bit mad. The robbery one's a bit You're mad. To get that, yeah, that's a bit mad. <laughs> so, like, so yeah, like so, or you can buy the property. And the thing is that mm. don't think that if you buy a property and you live there, you're trapped. There are circumstances yeah. where a bank will be willing to give you what we call a consent to let which means that let's say you own this property, you live there, mm-hmm. but I don't know, you, you've just got a new job, which means you have to move back home or you have to move somewhere else and um, it's no longer feasible or logical for you to live in that property. Based mm-hmm. on your circumstances, some banks would be willing to change your mortgage from a residential to a buy-to-let, but that's yeah. not guaranteed. That is yeah. fully subjective depending on the circumstances, even depending on which lender you're with. Some lenders won't even give you the chance. Some would be very flexible with it. So I guess it just depends on, on your circumstances in those examples as well. Okay, wow, bro. You you said a lot. There's a, a, a few things that I want to actually like, dive into. Yeah. I think the first thing I want to actually know is, if you're caught like, with this, you know, you try to do, um, basically it's essentially fraud, <laughs> is it is it fraud? Is it classified as fraud? Mortgage fraud, yeah. It's yeah, okay, it's mortgage fraud. Okay, okay. something and and you've yeah. gone against the agreements of of an application, so yeah, technically, yeah. Okay, okay. What are the repercussions of that? Just give it to me straight. I want to hear because I've actually never yeah. heard of anybody, you know, this situation with anybody yet. So, if I'm being very honest, I mm. I've never known someone to get caught. Now that doesn't mean go and do it. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're not saying go do it. That's not that what we're saying. Mean, I just want to you know, know in it if someone got caught. Bro, what happened? You know, people you know will hear me and they'll be like, "Oh, it's what she yeah. caught." Let me go and just do nah. This is not financial like, advice, people. By the way, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Tell them again on that. So, yeah, like I've never known anyone to get caught. Um, last time I checked, the maximum sentence for fraudulent activity in the UK is fourteen years imprisonment. Okay, that's not worth so, it. Man. It's, let's it, say, and and this is the thing, like, it just depends. This is why I always say it just depends on what you're willing to do because mm. me personally, even if it means six months imprisonment, why? Because mm. because of £200 a month profit yeah, in my, bro, it's in not, my flat it's in Boston, not that much. Nah, man, exactly. Nah, 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 nah. That's, there would be repercussions it, for it, yeah. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even encourage anyone to look up what would happen if I mm. do this because it's just not worth your your, your time and your life. I can't lie to you. Okay. Wow. That's yeah, that's you know what that's a madness. The second thing that kind of is slightly annoying me that you said, yeah, was the twenty five percent deposit. They they don't want us to you know they don't want us to build that wealth, bro. Like twenty five percent deposit. Um, I'm not twenty five. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but uh, my thoughts towards that whole buy-to-let thing, I feel as if the high deposit for the buy-to-lets, along with the extra stamp duty cost that the government added for anyone who owns a property to buy a new one, were part of the government's way of giving people more of a chance. 
Um, because a lot of things in the property market happened around the same sort of few years. Around the same okay. time, we we said we were going to build three hundred thousand properties, and before you knew it, every corner, um, near, near every house had flats being built. The stamp duty laws were brought in. Then they have these government schemes that they extended to allow people to buy properties. So along with that, which goes a bit deeper, um, mm -hmm. anyone who owns a council property, um, hopefully you're not going through this, but you'll find a few mm -hmm. people who own council properties are now being told that they no longer have the um, right, the popular right to buy. Now um, councils are, yeah, like there are some, there are some boroughs in London That's that are no longer right. allowing people to do right to buy. So um, yeah, I feel as if the government kind of felt as if, okay, there's a shortage of properties at the moment, which is why properties are so high, because supply and demand, if, if a lot of people mm -hmm. want to buy and there's not enough, so we have to do something about it. So what we're going to do, we're going to build 300,000 properties. We're also going to make sure that all of these landlords with cash can't just buy them. So to kind of, you know, stop them a little bit or to put them off, we're going to add this stamp duty thing in, whereby if you already own properties and you buy another one, then you're going to pay an extra 3%. So there's there's so much that goes on in the property okay. market. Wow. You know what I That's mean? And I guess it's only when you're in the middle of it and you kind of hit, you're, you kind of realise, wow, like, yeah, they want people to buy. Yes, they want there to be more properties, but I guess it goes back to the question of do we think that they do enough to actually help people get on the ladder you know yeah, so, yeah. yeah. after what you explained it kind of does make sense but i feel like the people it hits is the people that are trying to get onto the property ladder people that are already like up there okay yeah it's more expensive but they might have the yeah. capital to do that they might sell property and you know it'll do what they exactly. need to do but like people like me or you you know that wants to get build our two free portfolio it's going to be so hard for us to do that with a 25 percent deposit it's not easy man I wanted to uh, go back to like first time buyers if it was residential if you were buying your residential I was kind of I didn't really I haven't really looked into this much but I remember like uh, you could get like a 5% deposit and I think it was also the norm um, that deposits were 10% that was kind of the norm like when I got mine mine was a uh, 10% what's that saying is it is there still 5% uh, mortgages out there is there still 10% yeah. Is that gone back to normal or is it, is it higher than that? Yeah, so what actually happened was around, well, in 2021, let's say March, <clears throat> let's say March to April 2020, there were actually like, and this is the thing, this whole government 95% mortgage, it's not new. Mm. Like we, ha mm. we had this before, it was just, what was it called? It was called the mortgage, mortgage guaranteed. They even called it the same thing. Yeah. So this was already a thing before where the government brought in, an initiative for people to be able to buy a property with 5% deposit. Now, initially, the lenders that were getting involved with these weren't your everyday high streets. And for those who are in the mortgage industry, they'll, they'll recognise some of the lenders I'll say. You, there were lenders like Aldermore, who were like mm. um, a bank, but not like a... I don't think I've, I don't think they actually... I don't know if they have any high street. I know they have one like in Kingston mm. or something, but they're not a mm. popular mm. bank. So initially, it was only certain banks that were giving out these mortgages. Eventually, it did become the norm. And when that mortgage guarantee was no longer there, it was literally just that banks had products at 95% loan to value. That was it. As soon as the first lockdown hit now, and there was, all, there was all this hype about people maybe struggling to pay their mortgages, all the 95% mortgage rates and products were pulled out from the market. Um, I'm sure some... 90% ones were pulled out as well for some lenders as well and at the time it was kind of like a bit of a shaky time for anyone who wanted to buy because mm. of course we were we smack bank in the middle if I'm not even in the middle we were at the start of a pandemic we were in a lockdown yeah. nobody knew what to do people were losing their jobs getting made redundant and everything was kind of just all over the place mm. so it was only then when they announced the 95% mortgage um, guarantee again that's when some banks then started saying okay cool if the government are bringing this back, they must have done their due diligence and, and think that this is feasible to do so. Let's okay. start giving out our own 95% mortgage products. That's when you'll find lenders like um, Nationwide, Halifax, Accord Mortgages, okay. started releasing all of their all of their um, mortgage rates for 95% loan to value. Okay, bro. Okay, that, that, yeah. that makes sense. So it sounds like, like 
95% are coming back, 10% are kind of coming back. To be fair, everything's looking better where we are out of lockdown. So, yeah, okay. that is definitely, definitely. Listeners, don't worry. You, you can still get your 10% deposit. No stress, man. Up. Available. Uh, no stress, but man. No stress, man. I would man. say, don't, don't go crazy about it because mm. the criteria is very different for 95% okay. mortgages. Um, okay. It's a lot more stringent. For example, okay. it's once again, it comes down to that word risk that I was talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Because the bank is taking more risk by giving you more money, they're going to kind of do um maybe a bit more checks when it comes to the mortgage, you know. Okay. So the, some some listeners might be familiar with income multiples, which is what the mm-hmm. bank uses that that it times your gross salary by to determine what okay. they're going to lend you. Now the income multiple for probably all the lenders that I've seen for ninety five percent mortgages are at four point four nine, which is basically four point five. But those who okay. know the market will know that there are lenders that do 4.75, 4.85, some okay. do five times your income. So when you, okay. when you get to that point, there's, there's certain bits of their criteria that they'll tighten up a little bit just to make sure that they're not, you know, aggressively lending to someone who um, can only just about afford it, basically. Okay, okay. Because I was yeah. actually going to ask you, like, um, in terms of how much can, you know, first-time buyers get. And I know that's, like, dependent on it but you answer that question so you're saying 4.5 times your salary for uh, for 95 percent mortgages if you were yeah. looking for it um does that change uh for like 10 percent and 15 percent because i remember yeah, like as well i'm not gonna lie i was skeptical like a few years ago uh, <laughs> i remember because uh, i was speaking to before i got my mortgage advisor that helped me out for this property um, I was speaking to another one before them, but I didn't want to pay them. <laughs> I didn't want to pay them. I didn't have the. I didn't have nothing. I didn't have no <laughs> extra additional cash to pay. Honestly, if I had it, I would have, but I didn't. But they were like saying to me, "Yeah, man, I can get you uh, five times your salary." And I think why not that they believed them. Maybe they could have, but it's just that like advisors I had used before. I spoke to one on the phone. He was giving me way. He was telling me he can get me way lower. Um, I did LC mortgages. I just did bare, oh, and I was like, yeah. "Raw, this one person that's telling me if I pay them five hundred pounds, and it, it's not that they weren't a legit company; they were telling me they can get me five times." I was like, "How's how's that possible? How are they gonna do that?" Funny enough, my my actual uh, mortgage advisor did get me five times, but he got me over four point five times. So yeah, I think I think it's definitely a chance. But that five times, how likely is it that you can get five times your salary? What's the likelihood? Yeah, listen, bro, if you meet the criteria, you can get it. So I remember Is when it? I was, yeah, when I was a mortgage okay. advisor, I've done, I've done five times income with, the Barclays were quite wow. popular for it. Virgin Money were quite popular for it. Um, okay. You know, they would usually have a requirement, something along the lines of if you're, if the total income on the application is above 60K, then we'll do five times. You know? Is so it? Not just so that. if you yeah, get yeah. under 60K, you can get, okay, so it's a salary. Yeah. Obviously, we know. Salary, yeah. Oh, wait, yeah. Okay, salary. So that, wow, I yeah, swear. So that, that will all depend on the lender. And <clears throat> you make a great point when you talk about you went to different places and they were saying they'll give you different amounts. That is exactly why I, I when, when some of the videos that I make, I say always make sure you see a whole of market broker. Mm-hmm. There are some brokers that will tell you their whole of market, but they don't actually have access to the whole market which is yeah. why you might go to them and there's some lenders that broker B said he could get you a mortgage rate, but broker mm-hmm. A isn't mentioning them. And okay. he's not, not mentioning them because they're worse lenders. He might not be mentioning mm-hmm. them because he can't do business with them. And it's not it's, it's mm-hmm. nothing personal to him. It's just the network or the organisation that he works under. They might not have yeah, access yeah, yeah. to that lender's panel. So... It's um, it's literally just understanding the kind of broker you're using. But five times income, I've done it before. About in fact, I've done okay. it plenty of times. Oh right, yeah. I didn't know. That's, okay, over sixty k, right? Them high yeah. earners, you know. Yeah. Wow. Well, you should definitely do a do do a, do a post on that because I didn't know yeah. that um about the about this. Obviously, it's there's obviously more to it, which you know, which yeah. we'll discuss in a bit, a minute. But I had no clue, um. Yeah. About, about Can I be honest with you, Atto? The reason I don't, the reason I don't make sort of those mm. sort of videos, 
Mm-hmm. It's because I'm telling you, and I've seen it with my own two eyes. Yeah. Mortgage criteria changes like that. Like that. Okay. Like okay. I could I could tell you today, yeah. Yeah. You can get nationwide five times your income. Oh blah blah blah. You can be getting excited mm. and getting you to sign the form. Then we'll come back tomorrow. They could have changed their criteria. The rate that I gave you could have changed. <laughs> so there is wow. an element of volatility. It's it's not like cryptocurrency volatility, but there's yeah. still an element of volatility when it comes to okay. mortgages. Which is why, even though I make okay. um, content about the criteria and what's needed, I tend to make okay. criteria about the things that are more, um, the, the things that tend to stick. Stuff like, what mm-hmm. do you need? What you need for a mortgage hasn't changed in ages, in a long time. Mm-hmm. And if it does change, that'll give you another video to make. But when it comes to actually yeah. making <laughs> videos about specific lenders' criteria, oh, it's a tricky one. And they're yeah. not paying me for it, so I'm not doing it. Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. Maybe you, okay, that's an idea. We'll see. We can talk about that yeah. offline. But um, thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode. I do really appreciate your support so far. If you do want to support the production of this podcast further, and you want to get early access to the next episode of the Takeoff Podcast, or you want to join in in a monthly live Q and A, make sure to check out the link in my description. Either pledge to my Patreon or subscribe to my YouTube membership. Either way, I do appreciate you supporting me and helping me to build the best business and finance community in the world. I do hope that you enjoy the rest of this episode. What would you say someone needs to give them the highest chance of success to get their mortgage application you know, approved? There's a few components. Um, so there's your income. Um, the higher your income, the more you're going to be able to lend. It's, okay. it's, it's literally as simple as that. Um, mm-hmm. A big thing, of course, that we're all aware of or should be aware of is your credit score. Um, mm-hmm. It makes yeah. a massive difference. Um, you know, I have, a, I have a friend who was literally just bought his first property, didn't know that he had a CCJ from a, from a parking ticket in 2019. He was, very, he was just very lucky that the lender were willing to overlook it because wow i was actually year, about to say that how did he get that through that's actually <coughs> kind oh, of man. mad he was very very lucky um he, wow. he 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 happens to be quite a high profile individual in the media okay so i think that's how he managed to get past it but okay i'm telling okay. you your credit score will absolutely ruin your whole mortgage application if it isn't sorted yeah. out um, okay. I always I always like to encourage people to even if you don't think you have any issues with your credit, you should be checking it anyway. You should always know what your score is. You should know what's on your credit report. You should you should yeah. never not know. You know what I mean? Because yeah, that's you not knowing. <laughs> yeah, like you you not knowing leaves you open to all sorts. I've had people in the past say, "Oh, like excuse me, like my credit's really low. I don't know why. Can you have a look?" And I'm starting to see phone contracts that someone else has taken out on their name. And I'm like, but that's since 2018. Like, have you never seen that before? Like, no, I don't really check it. Well, you don't really check it. It's now just got you a default. So exactly. it's just crazy. Crazy. You need oh to check gosh, it, man. Yeah, that, that's, that's mad. And we're going to do a defo another episode on credit scores because it's really important, actually, in everything. I mean, even businesses have got credit scores. That's how like important yeah. it is like it's yeah. so it's literally like this one number yeah can make or break your life do you know what i'm saying like if you if you got bad credit you ain't ever gonna get a mortgage like ck True, saying man. that is yeah. you know how like sad that is that this one school and you can't you can't change and become another person and try fake being somebody else it ain't gonna work it's, it's not true. gonna happen it's like it's tied to your identity so yeah man that's that's, that's mad okay so you said your salary, you said your credit score. Is there anything else that you need to, to have in place to make sure that, that that mortgage application is smooth and it's going through? Yeah, of course. Even when I say salary, a lot of it ties into your day-to-day as well. So it's just ensuring that stuff like your pay slips are all in check. You know, like mm-hmm. the bank will ask for your bank statements. The most lenders will ask for three months bank statements for all accounts that you own. So they will want to see that as well, and they would they will expect to see activity 
on those accounts, then they will, I'm not going to lie to you, they will judge the activity accordingly. You know, if they see that you're, you know, <laughs> doing regular accumulators on Skybet and you're even losing every week because you're, I don't know if you're an Arsenal fan, you're just losing every week. And then because of that, they could say, all right, then, um, yeah, you expect to be able to pay this mortgage amount, but you're using this much on Skybet every month. Now, what I will say is that when we look at a lot of these calculators as advisors, we do look at what projected income and projected outgoings are going to okay. be. So it's not always just about, oh, what you've had in the past, but there are certain things that the lender will question. So it's just ensuring that, you know, if you know that every single month you go into your overdraft or you go over your overdraft, expect that to be something that the bank's going to pick up and possibly decline your mortgage for. So even though we do talk about, you know, credit and this and that, there are finer details in the actual application process that's looked at because it's all good me telling people what applications or what documents to have for the application. But if the documents that you have aren't up to scratch or they're not um, going to be verifiable by the lender, you still won't stand the chance, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, it's it's very interesting that you said Skybet uh, on Arsenal. Yeah. That's not a good bet, man. Right now, man. I'm an Arsenal <laughs> support. I don't even watch that. Oh, like that. That's just that's a that's a terrible bet. But you know what? It's interesting. It's like it's like somebody having like all these bad financial habits. It's basically like karma, right? You 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 put out all this bad karma. You're not even doing well with your money management. It doesn't matter how much you're getting. It's bad with your money, yeah. And you're like, okay, I'm gonna go and get a mortgage. And then you try to be good for that little period, expecting to go through when you weren't, you know, good before. I just, I really believe if you put in good energy out, you're gonna get good energy back. If you put bad energy, you're gonna get bad energy. And it's about yeah. consistency, isn't it? If you're not consistent, <coughs> right? Mm -hmm. When it's time to look at your documents and everybody wants to pre and look at your life, you're like, okay, it's long. This, this is not good. Yeah, it's long. long. It's long. It gets you to rethink. So. It's very, very important, you know. When we're talking about all this financial literacy, building wealth and, you know, saving and doing all this stuff, it's for good reason at the end of the day because it's not us that's going to come and check you. When you are yeah. ready to do what you need to do, it's the bank that's going to come and check you. So, yeah, man, that is that that is a very, really interesting um, perspective. Are there any hacks um, that you think that a first-time buyer can use to get onto the property ladder quicker? That you know of. yeah you know what <laughs> hacks mm -hmm. apart from the things that i've mentioned the only thing that i feel like you know is there's anything that i feel like is really good that enough people in my opinion don't use is mm -hmm. um a lifetime isa you know okay. It, okay. i i feel like it's or i think it's amazing i have one mm -hmm. so i know you can probably tell yeah. them my bias approach but it's like you pay four thousand in every tax year, you get a thousand pounds on top. Now I can't think of unless you have other avenues in which you can make that money, I can't think of ever seeing a bank account that gave you that sort of return um from all my years in banking, even when interest rates were better mm -hmm. to receive a thousand pounds off of four K and yeah. that's every year. That's not just once. So put it like this, somebody could save I don't know. Somebody could save 12 grand in three years, and that 12 is now 15. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So when you really look at it like that, it just allows you to leverage. So I would say in terms of um, first-time buyers, I know a struggle for everyone is saving for your deposit and maybe, you know, putting money aside and even having the discipline. Lifetime ISA, perfect for discipline because, one, you can only you can only use the money, I think it's for retirement, um if you are buying a property and something else, through bankruptcy, if you go bankrupt, you have um, um, financial difficulties. And if you do take the money out, you can, but you lose 25% of whatever you put in. So in a way for me, someone like me who wouldn't <laughs> want to lose what I've made, yeah, that would be motivation yeah. to be like, yeah, maybe I don't need that money so much anymore. Let me just leave it there. So um, that yeah, is, that's that. definitely a hack that. that I would say. Um, another hack is... This hack is quite um, different. It's not, it's not very much financial. It's more social. It's don't rush mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. um, there are situations where I've known people to rush into buying when they could have easily just waited 
Um, I don't know, the, the, the way they were maybe about to get married, they could have bought with their partner and even bought a bigger place together. But we have this whole social thing of, oh no, I must um, buy mm. myself now. Like, yeah, always stay yeah, within yeah. your means. Um, if you can if you can buy a loan, buy a loan and be comfortable with it. But if you are in a situation where you buying a loan means that you're going to be um, eating wheat bits for dinner for the first three months, <laughs> then my guy... Just stay in your mom's house because, oh like, oh my gosh, that is bad. Like, I'm telling you, bro, because like, I know there's a lot, of, there's a lot of societal pressure that kind of mm. pushes people towards. I don't understand it, man. Yeah, like I feel like we've had this conversation quite a bit after where we're mm. just like, mm. everyone just stay in your lane, like. Just, yeah, just your chill, time is man. coming. Just chill, relax. Yeah, so yeah, it's um, not, it's not that that's, that's another thing I would say. A hack is definitely recognizing what your goals are and recognizing mm. that. Your first purchase might not just be by yourself. Your first purchase might be with a sibling, a partner, whoever, and it might be or it might give you the ability to buy something that's a lot better than what you were able to buy by yourself. So yeah, yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. I, I, I love those tips, man, and those are tips that I definitely resonate with. I used uh, last time I saw when I bought my property. And like you were saying, you know what's the funniest thing about it? I only found out about it because I actually went searching for it. I was like, okay, how do, where can I put my money and what's good out there? And I happened to find it. I had never heard about it on the radio. Help to buy ISO, funny enough, I heard about it on the radio everywhere. Lifetime ISO, for yeah. some reason, does not get advertised. At it really all. doesn't. It's like, really it's doesn't. crazy. It's like free money, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like they don't want you to get the free money. They'd rather you not take it, to be honest. They don't they're even laughing. They're like, you're not even serious. Yeah, you're they don't want to give it to you. They don't want, why would they want to give you free money? Let's exactly. Yes, they can exactly. offer in it, but they don't want to give it to you. That's the There's the that difference is. between that. Um, but yeah, no, I completely agree about setting your own goals and staying in your own lane, man. That, that's definitely a conversation that we've had a lot of, man. And yeah, I, I completely agree. It's just not really necessary to rush it if you're um, not, not ready for it. Um, so I haven't sold my house yet, so I don't even really actually know what will happen. But what happens if you, you know, you have a mortgage and then you sell your property? Yeah, cool. So what happens is when you sell, okay, let's say, okay, example, once again, property is worth 100k. <laughs> um, I'm just using simple numbers for the people there. So property is worth 100k. Let's say that you still owe the mm. bank. Um, let's say you still owe the bank 50k. Um, mm. And you sell your property for one hundred thousand. What will happen is the bank will literally like wipe the debt, and you just keep the money, and you're good basically. Okay. No, I'm wow. guessing. I'm guessing. Wow. Bro, I'm guessing. I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I wish. I wish. So, okay, cool. Wipe I'm gonna, use, I'm, I'm gonna use a few jargons here now. So, um, hmm. so some people, you might, for those listening, you might hear people talk about equity. Um, equity is the difference between what you still owe the bank and what the property is worth or what it, or what it sells for, yeah? So mm-hmm. in this scenario, you owe the bank 50K, yeah? Mm-hmm. The property is worth 100K. So your equity is 50K, which is the difference between mm-hmm. the 50 and the 100, yeah? So let's say, let's say for example, um, let's just use an ideal situation. You sell your property using a state agent. Um, your state agent might say, yeah, we're going to sell your property for you. We're going to charge you 1% or whatever they charge these days. Um, for your property sell, what will happen is when you sell your property, you'd have a few costs. So you'd have a cost to the estate agent. That estate agent will mm-hmm. take that fee from you um, on 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 point of sale. Um, you'd also have to, of course, pay the mortgage back because that's still a debt mm-hmm. that was was secured on the property. I'm saying was because you've now sold it, but mm-hmm. your name is attached to that debt, so you have to um, you know redeem it and you know mm-hmm. pay it off. Once you receive the money, and I keep saying you, but all of this will be done by your solicitor. So it's not as if you're just going to, the money's going to land in your account and then it's, oh, yeah, like, I've got, oh, what should I do with it? Like, That's if a not, lot of money to hand in your know account, man. You do, like, oh, yeah, yeah like, the that, the people I'll, splash I'll that going on holiday. Like, I'm good, you know what I mean? <laughs> going on holiday to Niger, and it comes back to Niger. Oh, my gosh. So they would then, um, you have what you call charges on the property. And mm-hmm. in some situations, you might have two charges, but the first charge on the property is always the mortgage. That's known as the first charge. Mm-hmm. What they would do is when that money comes in from the proceeds of the sale of the property, mm-hmm. that would then, the first 50K, 
goes yeah. to the bank. That settles your mortgage, and that means, yep, your mortgage is now paid off. And literally, after any fees, um, anything, the deductions that need to be made, you might have to yeah. pay your solicitor. Um, after that, then you literally just receive the balance, and that's what will happen. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, wow. That's a complicated process, man. I, and I that's why you have a solicitor. That, that's why you have yeah, a solicitor. Gosh, yeah. oh my gosh, that is a complicated and long <laughs> process to get money that belongs to you. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Of course it belongs to you, but you've got to pay people. I even tried to simplify it. There's yeah, even, right. There's so much more to it. So much more yeah, to it. There's oh loads. Gosh, oh, I can it, I can, it, I can imagine, man. That, okay, yeah. wow. That, thanks for, for, for providing... Um, that insight um, so you know mortgage isn't for everybody so what would you say are some of the cons of getting a mortgage cons you know what mm. I wouldn't <clears throat> I wouldn't say there's any cons per se of getting a mortgage mm. mm-hmm. what I would say though is that there are people who I don't think should get mortgages okay. um, and what I would say is if somebody is, like we mentioned when we were talking about the 95%, I think I've made yeah. a few videos on this. If you're literally scraping to get this mortgage, like, <laughs> I use the word scraping because it's like, if you're literally saying, nah, I must buy this house by fire by force, and yeah, I know it's 95% mortgage, but I'll make it work. I don't need to eat. I won't eat no food. Like... I'm telling them, those are the people that I say shouldn't get mortgages. You understand? Oh like, because this is the thing. It's like, it might sound good to get the mortgage in time, but please, when you are paying this money back and you've done an eightfold accumulator thinking you're going to make two bags on Skybet and you've lost all your money, even the wheat bits you thought you were going to eat, the wheat bits is finished. You can't even eat wheat bits again. So it's like, that's the only time I would say don't get a mortgage. Only if okay. somebody isn't in a position where they can comfortably, and I, I use the word comfortably. Yeah. Comfort is not going to chicken shop and saying, boss, I'll pay you next week. That's not comfort. Exactly. No, that's struggle. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, when this, this, this is a struggle bro. scene. Oh my gosh. You oh struggled God. enough. <laughs> so it's like. Oh my God. Yeah, so, bro. You know what? I just imagine it's somebody just like literally chuckling at their to get a mortgage. Bro, you know? people are doing this oh thing, bro. And, and it's mad because I've even, like, even aside from like that, I've even had people who have um, opted for shared ownership. And they've mm. just gone down the shared ownership route because it's easier. Yeah. And they have the properties and they're like, oh, bro, man, I wish I never did this shared ownership. Like, it's a waste. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not paying a mortgage. I'm paying rent. And I'm thinking, but mm-hmm. these, are all the, these are all the things mm-hmm. that you should have thought about beforehand. So when we talk about not jumping into these agreements, these are the sort of decisions you're making. And end of the day, bro, it is a more, this is a house or a flat that you're mm-hmm. buying. Like, this isn't like where you go and get a car finance and you have a 14-day um, calling-off period and if you don't like the car, you bring it. Nah, like, this isn't that, you know? So if you're really going to go through that process of buying the property, spending the money for the legal fees, paying your broker, doing all this stuff and buying furniture for the house, you need to really be sure that you are ready for it financially. If you, the way I, the way I look at it is that I think, okay, what are my outgoings now? What are my possible outgoings going to be when I have when I when I'm moving to the property? Let's talk about bills and stuff like that. And then what is my mortgage gonna be? And that yeah. number together, if I cannot afford that on my current income, I need to wait. And in that situation, and I say this because this is something I've actually had to do. So I realized, okay, cool, in my normal outgoings, there's a few things that need to go. There's a few um, things I'm, that I have that I'm spending money on that had to go. So I had to flush all of that out first before I could even have the clear mind to think, okay, let me start looking at properties, you know, because some people say, oh, yeah, just, just get your first property under your belt and everything will sort itself out. But it's a mm-hmm. it's a risk to take. It's a big risk to take, you know. That's a, yeah, the, uh, man. You know what, yeah, you said you dropped so many gems there because, like, it's, it's so 
true like especially the shared ownership one we're definitely gonna have to just dedicate an episode to that because yeah me personally i remember looking at shared ownership and i did the calculation myself and i was like this is not worth it this is this is a scam is this yeah, is like an actual legit scam <coughs> like, they making people think oh yeah okay you're going to the poppy ladder but these times you're, you're paying more you're not even getting that much equity and you're kind of paying you're overpaying for like these new builds and yeah. then you're paying more than you would have paid if you just rented anyway like it's just it, it doesn't make no sense honestly yeah. when i did the calculation i was like right like it i'm paying pretty much the same as if i just bought a, a poppy somewhere else out right i was like that's not doing literally. that <laughs> i'm not doing that literally. that is mad um so i feel shout out to all the people that um got got shared ownership you know we're not dissing you um, not but all. yeah you know shout out to you obviously i guess, I guess this is something good, i always say you. yeah yeah I, I guess i always this is why i always say that like because once again another question i get asked oh what's better should i go for shared ownership or help to buy and to be honest mm. It depends on your circumstances. What is good for someone else might not be good for the mm. next person. And that's why if you speak to most mortgage brokers you and you say to them, oh, what's the likelihood of this? Have you had this situation before? They'll always give you the same answer. They'll say every case is is, is individual. Everything's on a case-by-case basis because there might be some cases where a mortgage advisor might recommend shared ownership to a client. But there'll be some cases where they might recommend the client waits or does help to buy. You know, so it all just depends on that. So even anyone who does have shared ownership, it's not to say that you've made the wrong decision. Um, hopefully, when you made that decision, it's what was right for you. But that's more that that, that statement is more for the people who are just trying to just jump into something, mm-hmm. no matter what it is. They just want to have a key yeah. in their hand. You know, and that's not the best. That's not the best way to go by. They want to do the God's plan pose. That one on iTunes, the God's plan with their phone like this. God's plan. <laughs> oh my God, man! I'm tired of them posts, man. I'm tired of them posts, bro. I did not post one thing about. I don't even think I post anything about my house. Yeah, I don't think I did. I disappeared here. Yeah, I disappeared here. You know, <laughs> you I, know I, what I'm saying? I disappeared I here. I thought he was in a mansion. You know, he does, I know. He, I know. I'm like. <laughs> Oh my god, no, 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 I might I actually don't live in a mansion, uh, you know. I don't even would That's I get a mansion in the future. I might get a mansion <laughs> if, if, if I got bare kids, I'll put, I'll probably, <laughs> I probably would, you know what? Yeah, so I don't think I was thinking, obviously, I've never missed any payments, right? But yeah. what would happen if I missed a few payments? Like, walk me through that process. What would the bank do to me? Would they try and take my house? At what point would they try and take my house if I miss payments? Do you mean if you miss payments for your mortgage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, miss payments. Yeah, mortgage. so, cool. So, if you look at most mortgage illustrations or marketing material, you'll always see the scene at the bottom and say, if you do not keep up with your mortgage repayments, your home may be repossessed. Now, yeah, how every, how, how, it's literally always there. How every lender um, treats that individually, because of course you would have lenders that will have um, sort of arrears departments, um, departments that will call you. The rule of thumb historically has been three, that once you miss three payments, or in a row, in a row that is, so say you're in three months worth of arrears in the bank and of course um, repossess your house. So. I've never actually worked in arrears or debt collection or anything like that. I'm not entirely sure, but I do know that every lender would have their own threshold as to how they will decide how they're going to treat your mispayments and also um, your reason. Of course, look at last year now. We had a pandemic, Mm -hmm. loads of people out of work. So it was was common knowledge that people were struggling to make their mortgage payments. So, of course... There were, um, you know, deferred periods for mortgage payments and stuff like that that people were able to take advantage of. So I, mean, I guess it all just depends on the situation. Okay, okay. Now, bro, that's, that's, uh, that was a great answer. It's, it's interesting to get insight because it's not even something that I've thought about because obviously I don't, I don't, I'm not going to miss any payments. But even from like a business point of view, if you own properties, you know, you own an office, like what that process must be like, it must be hella hella stressful 
um thanks so much man for the for the gems for the last yeah, hour you've just been man. dropping gems upon gems upon gems upon yeah, gems man. so what's the plan next for for ck talks money what have you got in the pipeline yeah so we've got a few collabs coming up um mm-hmm. you might you might see your you might see your favorite host Atto and Atto and Jay okay, on one of those collabs okay, you get okay okay, okay so, um, there's cool, a few cool, things cool. we're working on um it's just to keep growing bro just to keep working mm-hmm. people keep growing keep trying to you know motivate and inspire really you know like I do a lot of a lot of the stuff I put out it's it's free I don't yeah. charge or get paid to put out most of the stuff that's the so thing bro obviously you, you know you've been doing it longer than me so you are so I'm talking about yeah. so yeah, it's like it's, it's just a matter of allowing people to have the information they need mm-hmm. and there are a few things that we're working on um, but you will literally find out in due course but yeah like okay. if you're listening and you don't follow me already CK Talks Money on Instagram mm-hmm. um, just Instagram because everything else I don't use so just follow me on Instagram <laughs> yeah. what about your Twitter no no you use your Twitter sometimes you, <sighs> you know what bro I have, I have to be honest the only reason mm. I post on Twitter is so I can mm. screenshot it and post it on my Instagram <laughs> To help my aesthetics on my page to make it look neat. Uh, that's the only. That's that's what. That's why I have Twitter. I'm being completely honest. Oh so, god. Yeah. yeah. Twitter. Twitter is another beast. Each social media is its own beast. Um, oh, yeah. For that, real. It's just a, it's just a bit of madness. Um, what about TikTok? Are you on there? I am. You know what? And I should be working on my TikTok. Follow me on TikTok as well. Mm. You can talk money on TikTok. Okay. Yeah, I am okay. on TikTok. Great, great. Yeah, because yeah. you do reels in it, so it makes sense. Yeah. That you'd be you'd be on TikTok as well. Okay, you heard it from CK himself. Definitely go and follow him on all his platforms. Obviously, watch out for the content for him. He's going to be, again, we're going to talk about credit scores in the future. We're going to talk about shared ownership. We're going to probably talk about health. There's a lot to talk about um, in that perspective. I definitely appreciate you, bro. Appreciate your content. That's how we connected anyway, man, Um, on, on that level as well. And yeah, man, blessing up uh, the podcast. Have you got any final words before? Bro, just keep doing what you're doing and and well done for everything you're doing, man. But listen, for those listening, yeah, I know I'm the guest today, but the way I even know (laughs) Atto, and Atto is no longer a social media friend, like that's that's my bro. So the way I even know Atto is because one of my friends, I wanted to learn more about investing. He said to me, follow these two pages. One of them was Savvy Wallet. And I reached out to Atto, and it's just been great ever since. So well done for everything you're doing, bro. You're doing amazing. Thanks, bro. Thanks, bro, yes, man. Bro, same bro. to you, man. Thank you. Thank you for the love. Definitely the same to you, man. Thank Thanks, you, everybody, man. for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Love. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.